and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that discusses where it's been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And today, we are going to talk about Kanye, whose new album, Yay, was released last Friday. Yeah, he's this upcoming artist. You might have heard of him. Uh, he's from <laughs> South Side of Chicago. He's got one or two hits out. Yeah. And people are really feel a lot of promise about this young man. Yeah. Um, but yes, we're going to talk about the the arc that led us to this album, mm-hmm. uh, the Jackson Wyoming sessions, yeah, and uh, ultimately how we feel about this album because we are divided. We are, yeah. I'm I'm not as hot on it, and and I am hot on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweet for the album. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get right into it. Yeah. Let's let's talk about our relationships to Kanye West. Yeah. Um, with Kanye West, I've been a fan of his since I first I saw, you know, through the wire on MTV when I was living in Houston. Like, yeah. Whatever year that came out, 2004 or whatever. Yeah. And I think I, I just I kind of regarded him as just any other rapper. Like I thought he was he was a rapper I liked, but I didn't think of him as particularly any more special than any of the other rappers I was listening to. Right. Uh, that's changed around. 2010 when my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out mm. and i spent a lot of time listening to that album with uh three or four friends that we would like there was a few weeks like i think it was like maybe two or three friday nights in a row where we just like we met up on a friday night you know mm-hmm. as students at the university of western ontario which is a very big party school um and we gave our Friday nights to just listening to this album over and over and over again and picking it apart and picking apart verses and talking about the Nicki Minaj monster verse over and over again. And it's like it's still one of my fondest memories related to music. Like, I don't think I'll ever feel that. I don't know. If I, I know that that was like a moment in time that can never be replicated in mm-hmm. any context. And it was at that point that I started to kind of look at Kanye and really look at him holistically and understand his influence and just that just also like the the sh- like the sheer originality of what he was doing and how mm-hmm. he was doing it and how there was no one else in music who was making albums the way he was or making he he always had this he had this knack for being able to get the best out of any anybody yeah. you know yeah. like he made Fergie sound <laughs> like a demigod right you yeah, know yeah. like he you know the uh, the Rick Ross verses on his albums are some of, are some of the best of Rick Ross's career. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I don't think, and I think that he's shown that consistently that he's able to make other people shine, inspire them, inspire them, and get the best out of them, mm-hmm. and know how to edit it so that it they do it's just it's just the good parts of them. Yeah, and so yeah, so like throughout the then you know when Jesus came out, I still I remember that day. I remember that that day on Twitter and just like just everyone the collective listening party of listening to Jesus and the excitement and confusion and I remember thinking like there's there's not many people that can do this, you know? Like mm-hmm. dude, that can create a moment like this. And I think that's the other thing about Kanye that I have really appreciated over the years, especially as he's progressed is like his ability to constantly create these unique moments in time that can't be duplicated. Uh like when he premiered the Life of Pablo 
at Madison Square Garden. This motherfucker's like playing an album off of a phone. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and it's in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And there's thousands of people there. And it's like a huge cultural moment, not just in the arena, but on Twitter, on social media. Like everyone is sharing in this like collective experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and he even did it again with this Jackson Wyoming thing, you know, like yeah. transposing that to Wyoming. Like that's never going to happen again. There's never going to be an album release party like that again. Mm-hmm. I mean, all this to say that I've, I've really grown to like to love Kanye in a very deep way. In a, and, def- and defend him a lot over the years in a lot of his like outbursts. And I remember like a few years ago, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember wh- whichever the press run was where he ended up on Jimmy Kimmel. And <sighs> that was the worst. That was that was a bad time. But I think he was also saying some really interesting things at the time, like really. But was that, was that the same one where was that the Jimmy Kimmel interview where he got shamed for the Taylor Swift thing? Is that what you're referring I'm to? I'm not sure if it was that one. Okay. Or mean, was that David Letterman who did that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, anyone <laughs> like, who's old, those guys. But. You're confusing me now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I think that I think this was the Zane Low run. The how the oh oh that okay, I bought that Sway run. his first TV. Yeah, yeah, that that which run. is very nice of Kanye to buy Sway his first TV. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems weird though. I feel like Sway probably had a TV before. That. Yeah. No, who knows? Maybe he was like one of those no TV people. He, you know, he yeah, it's possible. Um, like, or you just like then like I'm not gonna try this it's not for me. <laughs> it's like television, I don't really, I'm not yeah. interested in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember that. I remember that press run. And I remember people. Yeah, I remember talking to people that I worked with or whatever who'd be like, "Kanye is on a rant." I'm like, "That's not a rant. Yeah. It's just a man saying his points passionately." Like I was a huge Kanye defender. Yeah. So all of this to say, like leading up to this, like even when he went and met with Trump, when he went and met with Trump the first time. Like, and a lot of people were really mad at him and disappointed. And I was too. But then later, and I was thinking about it, I was also like, you know what? Like, this guy's clearly in a very vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Like, the Trump camp reached out to him the day he got out of the hospital. Yeah. And he went there, you know? And I, I mean, now I can think, I can think of myself and I'm like, this sounds like I'm making excuses for Kanye. And I think I was. I was like, because I, I just didn't, you just didn't want to believe that these were his real views, you know? Right. Especially considering that, you know, his wife, Kim Kardashian West, like campaigned for Hillary and is like a Democrat by, yeah. by, by all public knowledge. So it just it just didn't seem I mean, you could justify it in a way that it's like this is not the real Kanye. Yeah, you know? it was also after like that happened after he had the, the cancel the Pablo tour and seemed to have like a psychotic break and these sort of things. Yeah, and Kim Kardashian was robbed in Paris, yeah. like by, at gunpoint yeah. and all this stuff. So there was a lot of a lot of ways to have framed it where you're like this is that's not the real Kanye this is not a like a, a sane Kanye West decision mm-hmm. or a lucid Kanye West decision and then so then th- this year when he got back on Twitter and was tweeting kind of like aphorisms for the first few days and people were super into it and then everything like fell off a cliff when he started he's like I like the way Candace Owens thinks that was that was it yeah. like that tweet is, is like that is the bellwether yeah. of Kanye going all the way to the other end mm-hmm. and that's and that's what that tweet is what inspired this album that yeah. tweet is a is the album is a direct product of everything that happened after that tweet it's true and I mean not to play this game but it's interesting to think what would happen if well I mean not if he hadn't tweeted that but if he hadn't reacted to the reaction the way that he did which mm-hmm. is by doubling and tripling down on it yeah. and continuing to make that a part of his because I think I think I mean I think kind of what happened is that the reaction made him feel like you guys can't tell me what to think. Yeah. Like, I know you think I should think a certain way, mm-hmm. but I don't do that. And I've never done that. And I'm not going to do that. Yes. And the more you want me to think that way, the more I'm going to go the other way. That's it's true. And 
it's what led to the TMZ interview. Mm-hmm. Um, even the way he reacted when uh, Van Lathan, the TMZ staffer who kind of called him out, yeah, in the way that like everyone wa- needed someone to say to him, yeah, and because and to ca- have it captured on camera was like so cathartic because it's like okay, he's actually heard. There's no way that he hasn't heard <laughs> right, the exact right. right language, yeah, the exact right situation, yeah. Like he now he knows. And his reaction to it is like he's like I'm so, I'm sorry I hurt you I'm yeah. sorry I hurt you yeah it seemed genuine yeah but he was, it's like he wasn't really listening to what the to yeah, what yeah, was saying no, was, I'm sorry I hurt you yeah it wasn't not, really the the like it was actually that's not what it was about it wasn't you know? what it was about I mean it was it was but it wasn't you know like it was it was like well it's actually more about what you said and how it like is not hurting me it's like it's hurting others yeah you know yeah. Um, and so I think I mean, and leading up to this album, a lot of people were really conflicted. And in the in the it's really interesting because in the in the Boosie Fade group, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of like different opinions. And there were some people. I mean, when all this stuff was first happening, there's the the album was maybe a month away, and people some people were like, yeah, yeah, you guys say all this stuff about Kanye now, but y'all know you're gonna be listening to that album in a month. Yeah, which is fine <laughs> because because it was never about whether or not you're gonna listen to the album. Ultimately, like some people were like Kanye's yeah. canceled for me, yeah. which is like that's one that's one side of the spectrum, yeah. and that's. But a lot of people were like condemning what he was saying because they don't agree with it, mm-hmm. myself included. But I was like, I'm not saying that I'm not going to listen to his music. That was never a part of, yeah. of, of how I felt about the situation. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I respect people that 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 did feel that that d- didn't want to listen to it. Can I can I just say something that I think is like really interesting? Is that. Um, you know, like to li- in my opinion, if you want to like be like more than just like a very casual fan of rap music, it involves like a certain amount of like cognitive dissonance about what you hear, unless you like have the the views of you know most rappers, which are to say, pretty uh, aggressive, um, misogynistic at times. These days, less homophobic than it used to be, but like especially listening to old rap, a lot of it is a lot of homophobia in it. Even even the like woke old rappers. Oh, they're actually sometimes the worst. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, like like yeah. I, mean, I did I mention this in the podcast before that like most people don't know that Tribe Called Quest is like a yes. a, a homophobic song, and like a lot of the people that were around that Georgie Porgy. Georgie Porgy, exactly, yeah. and like like the brand Nubian dudes who like still to this day I mean, are like well, they've been on that yeah but that's they're, they're, Jamar. yeah they're cru- <laughs> still crusading for like the idea that like there's a homosexual conspiracy to take In over hip hop young yeah. thug is a part of the homosexual that's, conspiracy yeah yes so like there's like problematic things like rap is problematic and uh, a part of that is like frankly a problematic politics that's maybe not codified in something like the Republican Party but it is still a like you can it's still there's still ideologies in it there's still like things that you have to like look past so like a lot of like like listening to hip hop is this kind of like double think of like you know there's like a great meme of of where there's like that person like kind of grimacing as they're like dancing and it's like when I'm listening to like really problematic like beat and it like slaps uh-huh, it's uh-huh, like uh, uh-huh. you know that's like kind of how rap is a lot of the time like you're yeah. listening to stuff you don't necessarily personally agree with uh so like it's an in- it's interesting to me that like you know there are other rappers who can talk who can have like very misogynistic lyrics and be valorized or like very like aggressive violent lyrics or valorize things like selling drugs which we all like love but like the reality of is you know uh, really a truly awful thing um, and yet like 
the the one thing like the, the like the true threshold is like supporting like the Republican Party. I mean, at the, at this particular at this particular juncture, I, it's just history. interesting. To yeah, me. it is interesting. I don't I I understand why, frankly, because uh-huh. we've been used to that other stuff, and it's like this, you know. But like right now, of all times, seems like you know there's an emergency going on in terms of the government and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. But it's 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 still an interesting point. No, it's true. I mean, I think it's also the times. It feels like we're in another. It's like the 1960s again. It's like another civil rights, yeah. civil rights era yeah. moment. And there is just a more of a premium placed, I mean, or the premium placed on celebrities and artists and athletes using their voice to fight against what a lot of people see as nefarious forces yeah. is is a lot higher. Yeah, celebrities are at a, they're all time, like people care about celebrities more than I think they ever have in history. It's probably true. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's let's get into this album. Yeah. So the album's been out now for Less five than days. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of disparate reactions to it. Like uh, I heard it, I was on the way to, on the way to work and I just played it over and over again because that's the benefit of a nice 23-minute album is that you have plenty of time to just listen to it over and over again and really get in deep. And, I mean, off the off the jump, off the first few listens for me, I was really, really into the album. I, you know, I, I, I really appreciated it for being a very, like, a vulnerable Kanye album, an album that was revealing at a, at a time when we kind of needed to see or felt like I think a lot of people wanted to see what was going on inside his head, what was going on inside his life. Like, uh, this album was seemingly like hastily recorded in the last few weeks, like essentially all post the TMZ interview mm-hmm. situation. Because uh, for months we, we'd heard about these Wyoming sessions that had included, included all of these people. It was P- uh, Pierre Bourne was there, Pete Rock. Uh, there was Drake and OVO were, were around, Nas, Kid Cudi. And not most King Louie was there, mm-hmm. The Dream, uh, Mike Dean, obviously, Travis Scott. And, and it seems like a lot of these people didn't actually end up on the album, on the, fun, on the released album. Aren't you very curious about all of that, like, missing material? Yes. I, I, I you know, the, the idea of us never hearing that is deeply disturbing to me because it just, it just, the idea of having all these, like, I mean, the thing that Kanye always does when he puts together these albums that are just kind of like a, an all-star team of like who's hot right now, who's been hot in the past, who's mm-hmm. interesting, and just the idea of them being secluded in in like Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I really, I mean, once I interviewed I interviewed King Louis, the rapper from Chicago, who is one of Kanye's writers, and he was talking to me about writing for Kanye and what the process is like, and he was like, you know, when we were there, it's like there's no there's no drugs, there's no alcohol. He's like, we just play like basketball a lot, mm-hmm. and then we like listen to the songs. We talk about what the songs are about. Then we go away. We write our verses. Kanye writes his verse. Then Kanye comes back and he kind of puts together the best lines from from each from each batch. Like he mm-hmm. kind of like Frankenstein's it. Right. And it sounds so fascinating to me. Like it sounds like a really incredible way to make an album. I, I imagine that some of those rules have changed. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah maybe. You know, uh, judging from what he talks about in this album. Yeah, yeah I would like, guess so. The, like, that, that's probably not the way that it goes anymore. It, that also, like, explains why um, some people uh, feel that this is his lyrically worst 
record maybe because it doesn't have the same like kind of editorial polish that would come from that process. You know, that that's how like most big pop is made these days is a sort of like music by committee, uh, songwriting by committee. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, and like, I mean, it, it that's why that music is so undeniable. Um, you know, that there are these incredible, like for your Beyonce, for your Rihanna, let alone a, a Katy Perry or, or Taylor Swift. Um, I mean, it's. I would say probably the difference with someone like Kanye is the the goal um, and the and the sort of artistic intent is different than than like um, the what's going to be behind like a more poppy record, a more top forty esque record, a chain smoker record, perhaps. Uh-huh. Um, Something in one of the Swedish write pop songing writing camps. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where it's just pure earworm and marketability. Um, whereas like Kanye is doing Kanye and whatever that album is, is whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I was struck by the, the, I found the lyrics like not good a lot of the time. Um, I mean, the, 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 uh, you, you, some of the ones that you, you pointed out to me or like I saw you, you wrote them out in boozy fade, a bunch of the highlights that, uh, made me appreciate them more. Um, yeah, I think that. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I feel no. like that some of some of the, some through lines of like Kanye's kind of the things that people have always enjoyed about Kanye, or you've enjoyed about Kanye at least in terms of just kind of like these dumb, funny punchline mm-hmm. situations. Like there are some moments of that. Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, I think that like totally. I, that I, that's always. It's not like Kanye went from being this guy who didn't sit, have these kind of like corny, funny, raunchy material, you know, to just being like some like kind of like super cringy place. Uh, he always he's always had those lyrics. I think that maybe in the context of the subject matter and like where he's he's sort of at some of it, it's like how much do you enjoy him being saying. Those lyrics, I guess, it's like, uh, do, do those lyrics are they still as entertaining with like his recent history uh, and the subject matter of these songs or not? You know, uh-huh. I mean, if you, I, I, I was, uh, I was saying before we started the podcast, I, w- I wish that I could see the like critical takes in like an alternate universe without like the TMZ interview. Uh, and like the subs and all like the like mega tweets and all that kind of stuff, because mm-hmm. um, I think that would be really interesting. I mean, one thing I like I I have like often I like kind of have thought about with this this Kanye the like sort of I don't know if it's even like a backlash exactly, but definitely a lot of critical takedowns that are going on with it. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of the record, is that like uh, if you're like a, a pretty like smart person. You can find reasons to dislike almost anything, and you can real as a critic. If you if something if you feel like an artist is sort of betraying themselves or something like that, and you view their work in that light, uh, it's very easy to just have a bias against it and find all the problems with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, if you think, for example, say that like Kanye has this record has like corny lyrics. It's like, well, the the record that you thought was like a classic Con- a couple years said, ago. I'm gonna get this bitch shaken like Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. Kanye has always had 
bad rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like kind of bad rhymes that are almost like, so bad that they might be good. It's yeah. like kind of like the nav conundrum. Yes. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. which you've like, brought up before. But I, I mean, which is all to say, this, like on, on this album, Kanye has a lot of like problematic lyrics. He has, you know, he has the Me Too stuff. He has the song Violent Crimes, which is the album closer, which is, I mean, I mean, I think. Calling it supremely creepy is yeah. is generous. Yeah, no, I didn't. It's, I didn't enjoy that. It's one. A, essentially a song where he laments the the idea of his daughter growing up to be like a like sexual a like be, being, like one of the way that he is, the way that he, has repeatedly he, described women yeah, in his music like, over the years. He's like, oh, it's like this sort of like dot, like it's kind of like weird because it's supposed to be sort of sweet and wholesome in a, in a way, uh-huh. and yet it's like him being like. Yeah, no, there's perverts out there. I should know. Yeah. <laughs> you know like. I had a, I had a friend. I was talking to a friend about it today, and he said Kanye is going through. Kanye Kanye is coming to this conclusion that a lot of pe- like men come to at like age nineteen. Right. <laughs> yes. Know? Like yes, it's yeah. like if I have a daughter, she has to grow up in the world that I grew up in, and then they reflect on their own behavior. And then they get a little worried, and they're like, oh, "I got to be better." Yeah, you know. Yeah. And Kanye's going to that at like forty three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, elsewhere on the album, I don't know. I it's really interesting because like, there are certain songs that I liked that I liked upon like first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth listen, and then it's like the more I read about them, the more I hear other people's opinions about them, the more it kind of affects the way that I look yeah. at the song. Um, like I, initially, like I really love, uh, and I st- think I still do. I really love the song w- "Wouldn't Leave," yeah, because I, I really, I mean, it just was an interesting. This felt like for me the the actual like, like some introspection on, of Kanye, just like almost like coming to grips with like how his <laughs> actions have hurt people in his life, yes. you know, and and yet, and yet, and yet, and yet, I don't know, I. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it it was just it was in, it was interesting for me, the, and I thought it was like, yeah, once again, just like a really like a vulnerable place to go and like really revealing. Yeah, but at the but same at time, the same time, it is not apologetic. It's not apologetic. It's more of like, it's, thanks for sticking around. Yeah, but that, I'm gonna do me. Yeah, yeah, and and also like there's some for me like. Uh, I'm actually a, probably a bigger Young Thug fan than I am a Kanye th- fan, but like like the part with the th- where Young Thug's like I'm singing like I know you won't leave, there's something about it that sounds like a threat to me, and it just like it just it just uh, kind of takes away from the song for me, you know like uh-huh. it's not like I knew you wouldn't leave, it's like I know you won't leave, uh huh, you know there's I, that that yeah. the, the tense of it. It's uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I think there's there's a lot of moments on this album. I think it also like when you tie this back to the opening song, <coughs> just mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. it's there. There are like a lot of threads that if you if you're kind of like put like taking them as a package, you can definitely take it into like this seems like very dangerous territory. Territory yeah. musically, and if if this music is a reflection of life, like, yes. it, like yeah, yeah. you know, but. I don't know. I I personally d- didn't take it there, mm-hmm. and um, that's not necessarily how I look at it. I look at I look at a lot of the stuff on the album as 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 Kanye trying to I I don't know. It's, it's making making art out of life and not necessarily making it and not necessarily making this as like this is exactly what's going on in my life right now. You no, know, I I don't think I, yeah I don't think that's true. 
I think it's somewhat. I think that the t- general tone of him being, I'm kind of a crazy dude. I'm a superhero. Uh, watch me do all this and live this crazy life, and look how amazing, like Kanye product is. That part of it is, I think, pretty reflective of a lot of what his life is or what he projects his life to be. Uh, let's let's talk about the features on the album. Yes. So there were a lot of people that went to Wyoming, some of whom we've enumerated earlier, some of whom were on the album, like Pierre Bourne has production credits on it. But the album really, there was some, the, I think the the real breakaway guest feature star is 070 Shake, yes. who is a, rap, a 20-year-old rapper from New Jersey who's a part of a crew that's called 070, which is the area code for New, the part of New Jersey that they're from. And she is a really incredible singer and rapper. Mm-hmm. And I think I first came to my attention last year through a song called Trust Nobody, mm-hmm. which is really, really spectacular. It has a great video as well. It's a, the perfect introduction for a rapper like her. And then also like put out a project with her group, with her group 070, and they had an excellent song called the 070 Freestyle, mm-hmm. which is absolutely worth looking up on YouTube and will be in the show notes. And yeah, she's really a standout feature on on the song that on Ghost Town go, on Ghost Town, which a lot of people are regarding as the best song of this album. Yeah, it's very that's Ghost Town is a very like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy esque song. It's mm-hmm. like a kind of that classic Kanye excess like as you put it uh, earlier, like all star team of of features. Uh, you know, he's got all these people, different people singing melodies. Um, and Kanye, and even in the way that Kanye's like contributions get a little bit over uh, outshone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I I I found I actually it's not my favorite song on the record because I find the lyrics a little melodramatic. But I found that Oh Seven Oh Shake to me is like the brightest spot on, on the entire record. And I really really hope that we get like a big push from good music behind her. Uh, after this, I hope that like the like positive. I assume that beyond this podcast, that there is also some positive feelings towards what she did on that mm-hmm, record, mm-hmm. and that it, she gets like a proper proper push and doesn't end up like a good music artist that's kind of in limbo, like Psy uh, High or someone like that. Yeah, yeah, I think she has a bigger upside than Psy High, definitely. And uh, there's a uh, she had a new a new video put out the other day, which is like obviously time to, to come out right after this album which is a good sign mm-hmm. shows that people are paying attention and making logical decisions on her behalf I also like all the Jeremiah on the, on the record I'm a huge Jeremiah fan and like he's someone who's really had a tough time in terms of like uh, industry sort of getting in the way of his releases and stuff like that and uh, it's it's great like my favorite song is um, All Mine mm-hmm. uh, which features which, Backing vocals from Jeremiah and Ty Dolla Sign. Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually think like Jeremiah also kind of steals that that song. You know, he's with his like kind of high pitched falsetto y um, intro and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it, it's. It, I think like if even if you were to look past the controversy, it's hard to see that this not feel like this record might be a little bit at least to me it feels a little bit incomplete and a little bit like the least sort of ambitious project that Kanye has ever put out. Um, you know, it's short obviously. Mm-hmm. It's not there's only seven songs and they're not they're not like long ones. It's just sort of like the and like maybe this is partly informed from the with the knowledge that he supposedly scrapped the album that he had 
and has re-recorded in three weeks mm-hmm. and wrote all this in three weeks. Sounds like he wrote all of it in three weeks. Yes. And, you know, I mean, that, like, one of the things that I'd really felt on my first listen was, like, even with sort of this, uh, like, kind of scrappy, like, thrown together um, kind of, like, tenor of the record uh, is that you can still hear all these moments of genius of Kanye. Like, even if even when Kanye is basically rushing his homework like the night before, mm-hmm. it's like he still has so much value, even even amongst all the all the the noise, all the rest of it. Uh, you know, like some of the production is just so good. Some mm-hmm. of the, like again the lyrics as uh, that uh, as Jordan's pointed out, like even though there are some that are problematic or some that are kind of corny, turn TMZ into Smack DVD. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I really love that. Yeah, and they're good in a way that like hip hop lyrics really aren't that much these days. You know, I mean, not to get on my Joe Budden, but like, you know, like rap, like that kind of like witty, like just like simple, funny illusion. Mm-hmm. Like, like Kanye does that in a way that I don't know that anybody else does anymore. Hmm. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I think I think that one of the things I've heard in terms of criticism of this album is that, uh, I mean, to your point of it being the maybe least ambitious of Kanye albums, I mean, I, I think that uh, another thing that is worth like thinking about in terms of like not just the the length of the album and the 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 kind of rush nature of it is like albums in the streaming era. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the difference between uh, like a My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And even Yeezus, mm-hmm. like Yeezus versus The Life of Pablo yeah. in the three years between those albums and the way that the way that we consume music is, is shifted, the value of music has shifted, the value of a, of a single track has shifted, mm-hmm. is that these albums are now made with streaming in mind. Yeah. And I think that there is, there's an element of, I mean, if you think of like the life of Pablo and Kanye, like adding to the tracks or afterwards, or mm-hmm. I'm a fix wolves, yeah. you know, like it's just. I think as a result, some pe- for some people, it just doesn't take. There's a, there's a different level of care. I feel like yeah, you maybe know? there's maybe. a different level in the terms of the packaging as a, as opposed to when you're thinking of something that's going to be a physical product that once it's out there, it is out there and that's it. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't know. I, I just feel like there's there's just like. Especially when you when you can put an album together in three weeks and know that it's going to get to all the people, yeah. you're going to be able to listen to it. I think that there might be something to the the way this album was approached as a result of like knowing that it's a part of the streaming era. Yeah, and I don't know. I I, I personally feel like there's a chance. Maybe next week I'll have to eat my words when kids see ghosts come out. But like, I feel like this album. I feel like the kids see ghosts album might have. More of what old Kanye fans want from Kanye. I think that's a, there's a good chance of that. I think I think Cuddy brings out the best in Kanye sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think they bring out the best in each other. Well, a lot of well, definitely that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Cuddy without Kanye, it's a sad, sad thing. Yeah. There's one thing I wanted to, to talk about that I was thinking about that I think is interesting uh, as well is that. So I, I was thinking about how. It feels like we're on the brink of another of like a new transitionary period in rap. And I feel like a lot of the sort of big names, the stars of like the last decade have either like put themselves in like a particular niche like Kendrick and J. Cole or maybe kind of feel like they might be on the way down. Like Kanye, like Drake, even like my, you know, 
one of my, my probably my favorite rapper of the decade future kind of feels like it doesn't seem like there's going to be a new peak for him and so it's sort of this inter- I feel like this record is sort of this interesting document to me of like when Kanye's like the we knew his like decline was actually happening because it's just it's hard for me to imagine like him putting out his next record it's even hard to imagine him putting out his next record, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like him having another like ten years in music. I could see him having a big comeback record down the line, but like a few years ago, Kanye was rap music. He was the center of it. It was like everything kind of revolved around him, and I don't think that's the case anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to kind of a lot of the other big names. I mean, like I think that like yeah, like Kendrick and J Cole, they kind of like they're islands. Like they don't. They don't necessarily they're not really playing in the same space as as other artists. Mm-hmm. I don't think other artists are necessarily like really reacting to them as much. I mean, he kind of directly, J Cole kind of directly reached out to like he put it he you know he put himself into the sphere of like the new generation of rappers with his new record. But generally speaking, he doesn't do features very often mm-hmm. for other people's work. He doesn't never puts people other rappers on his own work. He's not really playing with other people. Kendrick sort of similar. Um, you know, he does some features and and whatnot, but he can he, I mean, he does his like his pop features. He'll he'll hop on a Nipsey Hustle track. He'll once in a while, yeah. Throw a bone to uh, Fredo, R.I.P. Yeah, Santana. but they're they're not like that's not like his main. It's not bit. his main bit. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of an interesting time, and it makes me think that it reminds me of of you know maybe like 15 years ago when kind of like Jay Z was retiring, uh-huh. Nas was kind of falling off, like the New York in general was kind of falling off, like even 50 Cent's career was like short lived, like Eminem was like getting weird and <laughs> yeah. whatnot. So yeah, and this I mean, rec- this record kind of almost feels like I, like that's something I've been thinking about for a little bit, and this record kind of brought that back to mind. It's interesting. There definitely is a there is a. I think we're probably in a really transitional phase. Well, I mean, first of all, re- regarding Kanye being at the center of hip hop a few years ago, in one of the interviews that he did um, in the lead up to this, I think it was the interview with with Char- I don't know if it was the interview with Charlamagne, but one of the one of the interviews he did, he was talking about how the life of Pablo didn't have like. You know, L.A. Reid was gone from the like, like working with him, yeah. and, and he That's didn't have the radio yeah. records. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't know Kanye gave a fuck about radio records anymore. But yeah. it was interesting to hear him c- trying to come to grips with like his decline in terms of being at the center of, of hip hop. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact is that when he was at the center of hip hop, his main focus was hip hop. Yeah, that is no longer the case. It has not been the case for many years now. That's a good point. And. Yeah, I think that as a result, like I think it's just, it goes back to like the craft, the craftsmanship of like my beautiful director was a fantasy mm-hmm. is like, and even even Yeezus I think was like kind of like around the time that he was like starting to dip his toe into other waters, but he still hadn't like he hadn't made it his main focus. You mm-hmm. know, Kanye wants to be a fashion designer, yes. a, more than a rapper. You know, like I think that's pretty clear, mm-hmm. and um, I think that what he's understood what he's being faced with is that you can't, you can't, you know, dip your toe out and dip your toe back in. You know, if you think of like, I mean, it's it's a different it's a different era now, and the rappers of this generation know that you have to be multifaceted mm-hmm. and diversify your stocks and bonds yep. and your investments. And it's so competitive in terms of people's attention span. Yeah, so you're just kind of like you got a liquor line, you got a shoe line, you got yep. a flat tummy tee. <laughs> 
you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the teeth whitening yeah. big you know like yeah, you play in Fortnite. you play for you on Fortnite. Yeah. shout out to all the chat niggas there's <laughs> a deep dj academic shout out i'm embarrassed for now <laughs> but um yeah so i think that 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 also might be a part of in addition to just age which all, already you're moving away from the center yeah so th- i think there's a lot of things going on mm-hmm. not to mention like the raft of personal problems that we've seen play out publicly yeah there's a lot of things at play here in in, in this album. Uh, ultimately, ultimately, I mean, even with all the problematicness and all of the the cringeworthy lyrics, mm-hmm. I mean, I I still enjoy the record. You know, like yeah. I'm a, I'm a Kanye stan, and yeah, I mean, I I will listen to this album again and again. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. I I don't think I have any I don't have a leg to stand on in terms of defending it, and I and all of the criticisms I heard of it and all of the criticisms I've read of it. Have been accurate, and I agree with them. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, yeah, I still enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. and it's like uh, you know, got, like one thing that co- has always been kind of nice about Kanye is he's all, like, while he says he'll say he's a god or a superhero, he's like very honest about being an imperfect one, and uh, never has his imperfection been so apparent, and has he worn it so boldly. Mm-hmm. Perhaps too boldly. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so at the end of the week, as always, we're going to recommend four songs. Yeah. Three from the artists that we discussed today, which is one artist. Yeah. <laughs> and one other track. So since we only discussed Kanye West uh, this week, for the most part, we're going um, to talk about, we're going to recommend one old Kanye song, one mid Kanye song and one new Kanye song from the album. So for me, my old Kanye song is We Don't Care, which I still find to be very uplifting, mm-hmm. very motivating, very song that makes you want to persevere. Yeah. Um, my mid Kanye song is um, Dark Fantasy. Uh, it's just a shy town nigga with a Nas flow, you know? <laughs> uh, and my new Kanye song is the deeply problematic and troublesome Wouldn't Leave. Um, nice. The song for me that uh, the f- song of the week for me is by this UK rapper who I literally just heard of in the last week, thanks to the folks in the Boosie Fade group. Shout out Tom Laleaf. Um, it is a rapper named Octavian who has a song called Little Out, and it is just a really spectacular, very I don't know. It's odd, like the, even from the way the production starts, I and mean, like anybody who hasn't heard the song yet, like as soon as this beat starts, you're just like in a mood. Mm-hmm. You just feel a certain way. You walk with a certain swagger to you, and yeah, it's just a really kind of sneakily clever, interesting song from an artist that shows it's showing a lot of promise right now, and a lot of people are really hot on him, uh, including the folks in the OVO camp. It appears if you see the video, it is over OVO branded. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of kind of hilarious in a way. Um, he might be. Is he? Is there OVO? There might be some mm-hmm. OVO connects there. Yeah, there's there's so much OVO gear in this video that it would for it to be. I think I met, heard like OVO UK, OVO Britain, or OVO London, or something like that is a thing. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Perhaps yeah. we shall see. All right, James, who do you got? What you got? I got um, spaceship off. Uh, also off college dropout if you are it's like for me the song the perennial song that if you've like had a bad day at work it doesn't matter what your job is like you know you could you could be working at the gap you could be working at a uh university you could be working as a you know navy seal 
you put it on spaceship and you know you feel like you're you know part of the just like a working stiff and and you got those troubles and you know it's just a great great song uh, true classic uh my mid kanye song is uh it's a mid-career kanye song is um send it up off yeezus it's just it's a, just an underrated song it's, it still sounds super current um and my favorite song off the record is all mine and my song of the week is by Trippy Red, featuring Chief Keef and Tadao. A couple of Tato. 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 What did I say? Tadao. Tadao. That sounds Tato. much better, in my opinion. Yeah, it does sound better. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Tato. You're right, because it's the Tato off that Molly. Yeah, yeah, t- yeah. <laughs> Tato off that Molly. Yeah, it's true. It? Called "I Kill People." Um, There's no ambiguity about that. Yes, and, and the lyric, <laughs> the lyrics are like, "I really no, I kill actual <laughs> real people." <laughs> <laughs> I know you think I'm joking, but yeah. honestly, yeah, that's like that's like yeah. no, I actually real people, I kill actual <laughs> real people. It's it's so good. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, it's you know, it's been it's, as always. We get so much wonderful feedback oh, every yes. week. Please, please keep sending us feedback. Yeah, please it's, it's continue so to recommend much. episodes. Of, we had a thread in the Boosty Fade group, and people made some suggestions about episodes that we are absolutely going to make in the future. For sure. So uh, next week we'll be talking about kids see ghosts, maybe ASAP Rocky testing. Yeah, testing, testing, testing is still in the testing is, phase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like a Jimmy Kimmel had a long running joke on his show, the early days where they had they couldn't get really good guests they would always say matt damon we didn't have time for matt damon this week but we'll, we'll get him we'll get to him next night the, the next few nights yeah yeah and that's that's our testing so yeah. you will hear us review the asap rocky album testing at some yeah. point and uh we got some deep dive episodes planned so for sure stay strapped in please continue to rate review and subscribe continue yeah. to tell your friends about it keep texting tweeting and instagram dming and facebook messaging us about your feelings about the podcast we really appreciate them And uh, thank you guys for listening. So stay safe and see you next week.